I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, guys. Welcome, welcome again. Short and sweet, guys. We are back with two more new episodes. Welcome to the afternoon for Space Force. Um, first, we're going to go ahead and cover episode three. Mark and Mallory go to Washington. Great episode. Possibly yeah. one of my favorites. I feel like I say that about every episode, but I really mean it. <laughs> Um, and of course, we're doing um, episode four as well, but we'll get into that later. For episode three, we're talking the Armed Service Committee, because that was the bulk of the episode. Um, Mallory's loyalty and, of course, Angela, Ali, and Diana's budding friendship, which was nice to see. But first, my name is Tatiana Marisa, and I'm so excited to be here. And I have Kevin Allen, who is loves all things Greg <laughs> Daniels. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we'll get into that in our new segment. Ooh, good. Juicy mm-hmm. and amazing. Okay, <laughs> so episode three, overall thoughts. Kevin, let me know what you think. Uh, I'm right there with you that this was, uh, I, I will I predict will be my favorite episode. Like, obviously, it's just getting better as it goes on, but there's something about, uh, like, the Mr. Smith goes to Washington motif I really liked. And, <laughs> yes, de- you uh, nailed it. That's exactly what it is, yes. Yeah, and the whole, the whole, scene was really entertaining from Steve Carell's performance as General Nard and then when John Malkovich came in with his really poignant truth I was like okay I got a little bit of that too so I got I got a both of what I like and I was just very satisfied by the end of it good good I feel like a lot of these episodes are instead of having a um a lot of different moving parts like the first episode was it mm-hmm. seems it's very centralized around one focus and yes. I'm that doesn't normally happen in comedies, um, or at least the comedies that I watch. There's like a lot of things you move from here, you jump to here, you jump to here, and you have like, you know, four um, storylines going on at once. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is nice. We are focused on one thing and we spend the bulk of the episode on just this one segment of the story, which I really like. It lets me focus completely on on what's at hand. So I'm a fan of that. That's what I liked. Um, let's yeah. go ahead. Let's talk about the the Armed Services Committee. Um, mm-hmm. This was a very big time for um, Nard and Mallory because, as you know, they go to Washington and they have to ask for more funding. A hundred and fifty percent increase in the budget for Space Force. Yeah. That is an insane amount of increase. With again, well. They have something to show for it, but it wasn't fantastic. Yeah, and wasn't it already like $6 billion? Yes. So we know it. We're, the funding they're asking for is at least $9 billion plus however much it took to build that campus or whatever. Like, Right, exactly. It's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, a little bit. And I, I, I was with the committee for most of that hearing. Annabella, like, yeah. Annabella had it right. Yeah, the whole like the ten thousand dollar orange, like I get it. I I get what Nard was saying with that whole speech and it was it was a nice touching thing, but there has it's to be good. a way to do it for less than ten thousand dollars. But if you pull on the heartstrings of America, they're in your pocket. I mean I can't <laughs> you... argue with that. Like <laughs> I mean that's I mean that's what he did and and you know I I really thought that Mallory was not going to pull through I thought that he was going to hold out and just kind of let Mark make a fool of himself 
um, which, you know, he did for a long time. <laughs> he did for a long time. We have the classic, um, you know, comedic, uh, comedy of Steve Carell in there, you know, trying to put his or get his pencil on the desk, you know, tap, 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 tap. Um, say his name. You don't know, know what you're doing. Just say his name. It's sad, though, because he respectfully, he could have said, you know, I am in close talks with, um, you know, a, a very prestigious doctor and this is what he has to say about everything. And, you know, that's all basically that Mallory was asking for. And he just couldn't do it. I still don't understand, like, why. I, I get when he was going in, like, his, like, I want to look super cool. So if I need you to jump on, like, and act like we got single mind going, then we'll do that. But after the fifth <coughs> tap tap, like <laughs> just turn and call him out. We all know he's not, we all know it's his turn to talk. So, and he's not doing it. So just turn and call him out on it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's definitely a sense of pride thing. Uh, this is like a re oh, reoccurring so thing of Mark's character. Like he, he feels like he has to assert himself as his authority and all of that. Like he has to prove it. Um, and he's just, you know, up on his own pride. But one thing that I, I loved his heartfelt speech, I was suckered in and was like, sure, spend $10,000 on an orange, if, do it. If Nard has a gift, it's those kind of moments. Absolutely. Like the heart, strong speech, yeah. Definitely. Right? He, could, he convinced me too that that man needs an orange. Right? You know, but this has got to be a cheaper I agree with you. There has to be a cheaper way. Absolutely. But when it comes to, you know, uh, the congressman, I, I neglected to write down his name. Um, but he was the one that kept saying that the, the world is flat. You know, it's a rectangle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he God. was of like, this is a flat earther on the <laughs> Space Force Oversight Committee. There has to be. They exist. They're Jeez. out there. It, ha it, it has yeah, to fair be. Fair and balanced. It's got, you have to have everyone's <laughs> opinions acknowledged. Right. Exactly. But he didn't even question. He didn't even question what he needed the money for. Didn't need proof. He was just like, this sounds good to me. Take however much money you want and it's totally fine. Um, but one thing that I do like that Mark said was we are putting people's lives at risk in the pursuit of science to solve our many problems. And right as he said that, which is very poignant and I think is a very uh, true moment in that scene, um, a group of protesters storm in for, you know, to protest women's rights, basically. I'm assuming. And so it was your freedom of spe speech and all of that. But it just goes to show that it, that is exactly what's happening right now. Oh, yeah. No, and there's so much happening uh, in America and in Washington that, yeah, things are going to get shuffled around and people are going to get confused because there's there's the numerous causes that are all dire and important right now. They just keep compounding and overlapping each other. They do. And there's so many protests going on for so many different things that they got the wrong room. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, that protest is on Wednesday. Oh, oh, yeah. There's a lot going on right now. <laughs> there is a lot going on. What did you think about um, when Mark was basically, do you think that he was telling the truth in his speech asking for 150% increase? Or do you think he was just kind of pulling it out of his butt um, in the moment to get what he wanted. Um, oh, about the orange? No, I feel I, that we, we talked about this a little 
on last episode is that the one virtue that you can't deny about uh, General Nard is that he has heart. He cares. Like he may be inept and incompetent and have no idea what he's doing, and he may have the tough bravado and that whole military like frontier and facade or whatever. Um, those are not the right words, but it's all that comes to mind because I'm focusing on his virtue, which is that despite everything, he is a man who cares. He cares about his family. He cares about the people he works with. He cared about the chimpstronaut and the dogstronaut. <laughs> and he, the people who he works with, the men and women who support him and have the same respect and devotion to their country as he does, he wants them to be in good hands. So I, I totally agree with that part of his, his um, case. But as far as the number, I, I, I don't know where they got that number. It's an insane, what is he going to do with that? I don't know, because so much of it was redacted. And right. I know it's not science forward. So that's just the thing. I was like, dude, I, I, like, I want to give you the support that the Space Force needs, but you got to check those numbers. Like, there's, there had, you blew up a rocket that cost four middle schools worth, and you had no idea it cost that much. Exactly. So there's got to be some fine tuning that can be done with that budget. And that's where Annabella comes in. She had it right. She asked the right questions. She mm. uh, was on top of him about, like, you know, how am I going to tell this to my constituents? You know, you're expending $10,000 on an orange. This is absurd. You know, they're on food stamps. How are we going to justify this? Um, which they definitely need team players, Mark and Mallory together, which brings me to my next point was Mallory's loyalty. I was wondering whether or not he was actually going to throw Mark under the bus. I feel like Mallory is a perfect foil for Mark because I feel like they they have the same kind of flaws, but just that are portrayed differently. Like they show themselves in different ways. He had the same kind of pride that Mark had about not calling on his name. Uh, but his way of like showing that was to not, to not, uh, I am, man, I'm not good with the brain right now. Okay, we so Mark. A lot of TV today. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I've been bi- like I'm binging the show straight up, and it's great. Um, okay, so Mark like was so proud that he didn't want to call upon the help from Mallory. Mallory was too proud to offer it to Mark mm-hmm. and just straight up. Uh, the same way that Mark cares about his people, though, I think Mallory does as well. They both care about the people they work with and the grand cause that is the end. Um, not trying to say like ends justify the means kind of thing, but they both want Space Force to succeed because they both have the best interests of America and the people that Space Force uh, is designed to protect at heart. Mm-hmm. They're just both stubborn about everything yes. in their own unique ways. So yeah. it didn't surprise me that he spoke up when it mattered. I feel like that's his character. He is resigned to let Mark make a fool of himself. But when it comes down to something important, he'll probably step in and solve it for Mark. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I agree with you. And I feel like um, after he heard Mark's speech that Mark actually cared, 
about mm -hmm. what they were doing there. He he actually was deeply invested in it more more than you know just this is my authority and listen to me and just, actually just don't say anything until I give you a signal. You know, it's all very demeaning how he talks to him. And so um, I I like because he kept looking at him as he was talking the things that he was saying. It was kind of like he thought, oh, you really think that? Okay. Oh, you really think that? Well, maybe, maybe I can get on board with this, you know? Yeah. And at the very least, I don't think he expects anything better of the Air Force. Yeah. It's, it's the same old chauvinistic boys club, no matter what department he's under. Um, and at least with Mark, you know, the guy's not making offers behind people's backs. Exactly. Exactly. And that says, you know, that's a that's a huge thing to say. Like that shows the man's character right there. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into Angela and Allie, uh, or excuse me, Angela, Allie and uh, Diana's budding friendship. I did not expect them to pursue a friendship at all. I mean, I, I guess I, I shouldn't call it a friendship. It's an acquaintance. Like she was basically asked to babysit his daughter <laughs> for a day, um, which she's totally overqualified for. And I love how she mentioned that. Um, but I, I like that they were able to confide in each other or rather I like that Diana was able to confide in um, Angela because she is so alone, so incredibly alone. And we get to see beyond this, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm upset. <laughs> attitude yeah. and really see you know a reason behind everything and in, in all reality she has a lot going on uh, what did you think about their their exchange throughout the day um, i liked it i mean it was just it was fun to watch very odd couple kind of scenario um i i guess i just in the tradition of television i expected it to have a more saccharine finish and mm. be something uh really tied up neatly in a bow and it was like no these are just people who just like learn to be like oh yeah that person's kind of cool i didn't know him before today um there's something about greg daniels's writing uh and maybe this is because i'm fresh off of upload in which there was another uh strong uh female authority authoritarian figure not authoritarian but authoritative figure who still like spoke very colloquially and wasn't afraid to have personality like a character that is a military lieutenant, I believe. Yes. You know, it's it's so easy to write that character and have them be kind of rigid and terse and speak uh, just kind of like straightforward with no real sense of identity. And this character was not that. And especially, and you can please correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't see a lot of black female characters across television who get to speak freely and have the personality that is so uniquely black and female. Mm -hmm. And to see that on television, first of all, to see it as a military character, it, I just thought it was like, oh, this is delightful. Like I would not expect television to have that. Right. Um, so it, yeah, I just loved seeing that. It made that whole, th those scenes entertaining and fun for me because uh, I'm not like part of that community like at all <laughs> um, and and then pairing her someone with a lot of great personality who's very comfortable in this what is normally a rigid and fixed institution 
paired with someone who's being very rigid and fixed and quiet, uh, who she's got like nose rings and she's in high school and ha- usually has that rebellious, big personality kind of attitude that you would expect from that character. Just something about this dynamic was really fun. Yeah. I, I, just, I think I can't put my finger on it, but it was just cool to watch on TV. It's the openness of Angela's personality um, because she gets it. She's older. She's been a teenager. She understands some of, at least some of what she's going through. And so I think her willingness to be completely open and not ask for an explanation from Diana um, made a huge difference and made Diana like open up in certain ways, you know, um, that she hasn't been able to because she doesn't have any friends and her mom is gone. So, you know, there's no real female figure for her to bond with at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Angela is probably offering that. So I hope I hope we get to see more of their relationship. I mean, I'm sure it's not, the, the, the season's not gonna dive wholly into it um, because it is like definitely a side story, but I'm sure that we'll see them again. And, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be good. I think it'll be really good. So I'm excited to see where that takes us um because i liked i definitely liked it well i i at the very least really like um that character who's lieutenant ollie i had it right here and now my my name is escaping me oh um Um, (laughs) did i always like i always have to back back tawny newsome that's her character's name oh excuse me angela ollie is it is okay it is lieutenant ollie played by yeah played by tawny newsome is is her yeah yeah I, i just i like seeing her because she like I said, she started when we first met her. She was just the air, she was the chopper pilot, and she was pretty much just doing her job. And now, like we get to see her just in her sweats and open up as a full, fully realized character. I was like, oh, this is great. And I want to see that as well. With um, here I go again, bad with names. Mark's daughter, Diana. Thank you. <laughs> she. she she's been closed off the entire time we've seen her and I really want her to open up and I want her to be herself, uh, whatever form that takes. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that dynamic continuing. Absolutely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Let's move on to episode four, um, lunar habitat. Totally. I think that this episode was a widely like a character building episode for so many reasons. And I think it addressed a lot of issues again. I mean, all of them do, but address some issues that are un, uh, unspoken of or like glanced over today with people who, you know, how they deal with things. <laughs> Cause this is basically like <laughs> one big therapy session. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I see what you mean. I what was thinking think? quarantine the whole time. Like, oh! <laughs> like, you gotta I mean... go and stay in one room with these three people for a week. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Not a week. I wasn't even thinking quarantine. That's how used to quarantine I am that I wasn't even <laughs> thinking like, oh, this is so like quarantine, whatever a week. But um, yeah, but you're totally right. It's 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 very, it parallels quarantine very much so, but just shorter. Um, so I like that Nerd looks at this, this uh, episode four, he looks at this lunar habitat as like a mini vacation. He doesn't even bat an eye. Yeah. Like, that's And he's like, oh, this will be nice. Because he's running away from all these problems that he has. Well, so one of the first observations I made about Nair was that he is a very regimented man in a chaotic world. Uh, they announced at the very top of the show uh, to Diana, like, 
that, well, why is the the press hearing so small or the ceremony so small? He goes, oh, it's a new administration. It's a little chaotic. And then later that night, we see him like tucking in his sheets when he's just getting up for a glass of water in the middle of the night. So uh, yeah, Diana, again, at the top of this episode, being a total slob, <laughs> like that's one thing at my quarantine time I've been like really like okay I gotta get the home in order because I have to deal with it constantly now yeah totally. and and I can't go run away to a lunar base for a week to get away from it all so I kind of like got his perspective there just like you know what uh she she needs to be taught some discipline and I thought that's what the whole episode was going to be I thought it was just him going to be teaching these people how to be disciplined inside of a confined space <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so i mean it was i guess it was a vacation for him but like in the only in the sense that he had less responsibility while he was away yeah he had weight and i think that's what he wanted you know he didn't want to have to answer to his wife he didn't want to have to why well, he, he didn't want to have to deal with his wife being in prison because he doesn't really answer to her um he didn't want to have to deal with like you said you know his his daughter being so messy and then showing him complete disrespect um my mom would i would be dead (laughs) oh my god i couldn't believe yeah she was getting away with it yeah i would not be alive today on this show if i talked to my mother dad Ah. (laughs) like no way um and then of course he has his office problems so you know it's it put him in a different atmosphere. He just thought, I just don't have to answer to anybody. But I like mm. how when he gets there, um, he seems to offer a different perspective on emotional stability. You know, yeah. he's entering an atmosphere where they have to record how they feel on a daily basis and things that bother them and why they can't sleep and like maybe their dreams and stuff like that. And he is just like... <clears throat> This is ridiculous. You know, this is this is stupid. I'm sorry. You said that. And then he was referencing all the stuff that he's been through, you know, not saying that either one is right or wrong, but it is offering a very different perspective on how people deal with emotion. What did you think about the dynamic in the lunar habitat? I mean, I think it was a great one to explore. I think it was uh, a healthy conversation that people need to have or keep in mind. He comes from a perspective where you're like you check your baggage at the door Mm -hmm. he's looking at this experience as a mission that he has to stay there a week fulfill an assignment that someone else was supposed to do to get the job done he's not fully aware that the job is to be in touch with your emotions but coming at it with that attitude and he's setting his emotions aside he's setting his like well-being aside for the sake of the greater goal. Uh, so it, I don't think it, I mean, even though it came off as this, like, you guys don't know what tough is, attitude, or this is what a real problem looks like. It was just, that's where he was raised in that there are things that need to be dealt with. And sometimes your insecurities or whatever aren't that. Um, but the nature of this mission is <laughs> to be very aware of your behavior, your feelings and everything. Right. And he's completely dismissing that. So by having this attitude 
that he's coming in with you can check your baggage at the door well no sometimes the baggage is what matters sometimes that's that is the point and you you need it in order to accomplish the mission so when he ran off later and was like nope it doesn't matter how i'm feeling it doesn't matter what my emotions are like i just need to go for a jog or whatever it's like this is one of those times where you need to be aware of yourself and obviously others so it was it was yeah two very opposing uh perspectives kind of learning to appreciate one another and find yeah. value in one another and that was that's absolutely worthwhile yeah oh yeah yeah i i i totally echo that and you know i was thinking about it in in retrospect like he mark has done so much on his own um just about what we know of him you know with his wife going into prison whenever that happened now he's raising a daughter by himself and you know when they revived him from him fainting in the desert um he went off on stories of his you know his what he did in the war and certain things that happened there then he did it he said i was alone i had to do it alone you know and now he's was given the task of manning this whole space force and he has people around him but pretty much i think he feels like his leadership is in it's he feels alone in that as well even though i mean he has definitely resources to help him but in in retrospect he's done so much on his own he's forgotten exactly how to rely on people or Mm -hmm. how to ask for help and you know all of this this was like the therapy session that he needed completely that's a really good point because i'm now thinking back to the first episode where he was trying to reel in his parents he's like in charge of managing them even though they had a caretaker there so he was solving that problem he was solving his daughter's math problem that he fancies himself mr fix it Mm -hmm. so i think in his mind in order to have that job he can't be broken Mm -hmm. and uh there has to be a problem at all and he has to be the only one to solve it yeah yeah that's a really good point you're making he has he definitely has has that mentality and even like his wife echoes it when diana goes to see her mom in prison and um and is like you know imagine how your dad must feel you guys have to stick together you know she was offering a fresh perspective to a teenage girl which is so hard i, I was talking to my uh, my husband about being a teenager yesterday <laughs> like a lot of teenagers some teenagers just get it but like you remember when you're a teenager like you you can't see beyond this (laughs) you know like you are so wrapped up in school and high school what's in front of you you don't really think about your parents as um people who are also learning as well you just think Mm -hmm. like oh these are my parents they're my caregivers and like it doesn't go beyond that so she's very yeah they got it figured out (laughs) they got life yeah life is figured out for them when it's like totally the opposite so um i i like that she was able to talk to her mom and her mom was able to say you know your dad feels lonely make sure to be there for him you know and so do you and you guys are supposed to be a team here you know it's not the most perfect dynamic but it is what it is um so i like that and i love seeing lisa kudrow again they don't give her enough screen time. I'm just going to put that out there because I am like such a huge fan of her. 
Um, so that is that. Wow, we like sped through those two episodes. But well, I want to make one more point about, and just it. going yeah. bouncing right off what you were saying. When I started watching that episode, number uh, Lunar Habitat, I was like, oh, this, like I said, this episode is just going to be Nard whipping people into shape. He couldn't do it with his daughter, so he's just going to take it out on these other three, and it paid off. Like his tidiness habits paid off in their community. Uh, I don't think we saw it on screen, but like I'm, I can only imagine because I'm living in quarantine that it it <laughs> did have an effect, and they got to do their jobs, um, and so I thought that's what the show was trying to say. Like that was gonna be the moral of the episode. But when he came home and he started tidying up her party mess, mm. and she's like, "I I brought ice cream," and he just dropped the bag and like it wasn't about that anymore. And I was like, oh, oh, I get the larger lesson here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, just I'm basically just reaffirming exactly what you already said. But I thought that was a really nice conclusion for those two characters. Nobody was right, nobody was right. wrong, but they had each other, and that's all that really mattered. Yeah, so. and that echoes that echoes the end of episode two, when he comes home and like helps her with her math homework. Yeah, you know, they're they're that was him being there for her. And she but, came home with, go for yeah. it. Yeah. No, you you're you're about to say it. She 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 comes home with the ice cream for him, mm. and yeah. this is one of the memories that was like keeping him stable. I guess when he was asleep was him putting whipped cream on top of the of her ice cream. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. Oh. So as you know, oh. he's he's thinking back to I know oh the tears on the heart. Yeah. Um, he's thinking back to my, you know a simpler time before all of this happened and so um yeah i really like those those heartfelt moments that they yeah. keep ending with so I, I i don't find them cliche at all i love them <laughs> no it was a wonderful aversion of for his character like letting him be fixed and now that you pointed out the ice cream uh dynamic there it was like okay that, that was the best way to do it yeah yeah totally man this show just keeps getting better yeah. <laughs> i love like it i like that we're binging it it's good mm-hmm. um okay along with that let's go into our news and gossip all right excited After for it well since you mentioned uh that there's a lot going on and protests uh are abundant right now in our time there's no denying it we yeah. all are aware yeah um I thought I'd pull up a story I came across uh, recently about Steve Carell. He's joining a long list of celebrities who have been making donations to the, um, I want to make sure I get this right, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. The Minnesota Freedom Fund is a nonprofit that helps pay bail for individuals who don't have the means to do so. And they've been focusing a lot of attention on protesters um, happening with Minnesota in regards to George Floyd's murder. Um, and I mean, it's, it's Steve Carell. Uh, oh, I want to make sure I get everybody right. There's, it's so many. Uh, Seth Rogen, Janelle Monet, uh, Don Cheadle. It just goes on and on and on. Jamila Jamil, love her. Um, so there's this growing, if it's a trend, awesome. Um, with the Minnesota Freedom Fund and Steve Carell has added, he's just made the news for being a part of that. And I just think that's super cool and deserves attention. Absolutely. Uh, and I'll come back with the story I was going to te- tell next episode. Oh, oh, all right. You're well, there's teasing plenty us. of news going on with, with uh, this <laughs> cast. It's, I mean, it's such a big cast. How could it not? 
I mean, yeah, yeah. And everybody keeps coming back, you know, but yet I don't feel pulled in all these different storylines. So that's one of the things I like about it. Well, and like you mentioned that earlier that, yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, typical for sitcoms, especially to follow the Herald format where there's an A plot and a B plot and they eventually overstep. But this yes. one is just, no, it's, it's focused. Yeah. Like the yeah. military. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> No, stick with that. That was oh, okay. on purpose. Right? Cool. Yeah, I just made okay. that up. Yeah. No, it works. for the congressional committee. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, are we, let's, can we do a special segment? Oh, yes, we can. Amazing. Okay, because good. Because we went through episode four and we, like you said, we did it quickly uh, because we skipped over a really significant part of episode four and that, that's Dem uniforms though. Oh my God! How did I uniforms. How did I forget the Can uniforms? We talk about those for a smidge. Yes, get, yes. I let's. My, love that. That was, that was my misstep. That I totally, I didn't even put those in my notes. I think I was just thinking out loud when I was watching. Well, the we're so invested in the actual story of the episode. I guess there was a B <laughs> plot for this one uh, that had nothing to do with the A plot. Like, but, which is just. Uh, General Gregory Don Lake's character just running around trying to get Ben Schwartz to stop promoting <laughs> Flotus's designs for the uniforms. Which I and, don't blame him. It was like out of England. It looks like they came from England slash like, the 50s with this cape and I the know, hat. I, I think it was like 18th century French or Prussian military uniforms. Go. They were involved. They were, Lots it, of embroidery, buttons along the double-breasted kind of, I don't know what the word is. I'm not a fashionista uh, like <laughs> Flotus, I guess. But yeah, those were those were some interesting uniforms. And I think my favorite part, like there were the main three that we got to see yeah. in the episode uh, that were shown off by uh, our lieutenants and such. But then when uh, when General Nard came back and it just I was like, oh, he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it because they're just <laughs> littered everywhere. And like every... Every cadet had a different style going on. He passed yeah. the first two that looked like they were villains in a sci-fi movie with branding written across. That's their, why I was <laughs> black and I was red. Confused. Yeah, I was confused when I saw that, and I thought oh, they weren't wearing that before. I thought, what kind of is this? Is this what they settled on? I wondered if that's like what. But then, of course, as he continues to walk through, you see everybody in the background wearing all these different costumes. Yeah. Yeah, it went like from NASCAR look to the, mm -hmm. the French fashion to the English, uh, English like the beef eaters back in the you know it was just there were so many looks, there were so many looks I couldn't keep them straight and they were all uniquely terrible and it got me thinking <laughs> what does this Space Force's uniform look like? Like it's such a new branch. Yeah. And I know they have a flag and they have a seal, but I, I had no idea what the uniforms looked like. So I looked it up. No way. So, Okay, yeah. so wait, so wait, just to preface, mm -hmm. our special segment is called Space Force Fact Check. All right. So some of the things in here are drawn from real life things. So we mm -hmm. wanted to fact check to see what exactly is true and what is just satirical. So please. Yeah. So well, I kept mentioning last episode that there was a real life space launch this past weekend. Hopefully I'll get to touch more on that. So but it, yeah, it got me thinking about okay, what else? is happening in the real world that's related to this show. And there are uniforms. Uh, these were, un I think, I don't know when they were all unveiled, but around December of last year. So first we're gonna look at General John Raymond, the 
current leader of the Space Force. He's dressed in the, the dress uniform, which is dress blues. So it's dress blacks on our show. It's blue, very similar as far as I know to uh, the Air Force. And right along that bandwagon, we're going to look at another photo of him in the occupational camouflage pattern. Uh, it's a close-up. This is what they debuted on Twitter, of course. Of course. <laughs> in December. Where's uh, that it's a pattern. Huh? Right? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, this is all real. Uh, uh, this is the pattern that the Army debuted several years ago and that the Air Force started using more recently. Uh, but the difference is the Space Force uses dark blue on their name tapes, whereas the Army uses black and the Air Force uses, and this is real, spice brown. Uh, when they unveiled these uniforms, a lot of people were like, why on earth would you go with ground camouflage for the Army for Space Force? Like, I saw in the promotional images, like, the lunar camouflage that the uniforms for our show wear. I'm like, that doesn't look bad. Like, <laughs> just for theming. Uh, the reason why is it's a time and money saver. Two services are already using it, like I said, the Army and the Air Force. And you're like, why are the Air Force using it? Same thing, and this is the official quote, Space Force members control and protect assets in space but are not in space. Got it. So that's why, yeah. The, uh, the Navy apparently got in trouble uh, a couple of years ago because they decided to redo their camouflage uh, blue. It, it was called like aquaflage. <laughs> and they blended in with the water, but they didn't blend in with the boats that they were actually standing on. So it kind of defeated the purpose. And I was like, right. oh. So I guess... Real life Space Force is actually making more practical decisions, I guess. I don't know. It's too early <laughs> to tell. Um, and the last two photos I've got, uh, and this is the ones I thought were interesting, are the cadets. The first graduation ceremony for 2020 happened with the Air Force cadets. And this is what they wear, these uh, the blue and white with the silver sash. But on the right side of this photo, there are some wearing the gold sash. And those are our space cadets. They're wearing the exact same uniform as the Air Force, just with gold sash to trump the silver sash of the Air Force. And my final photo is them at their graduation ceremony. Just, Amazing. I, yeah, that one took me by surprise. I was like, they just, well, they have a silver sash. We'll do a gold one. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess it makes sense for a money saver to just do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they were thrown right into it, just like Nard was. Like, okay, you're doing this now. And right. there's I didn't realize there's so much that they have to decide on. There's the uniforms, the flag, the patch, the like the seal. Yeah. Uh, they have to have a song and a motto. They have to have a song. That Every, every branch has an official song. Oh, and That I did not know. Yeah, me neither. So <laughs> we're, we're going to, I still, I hopefully I'll get a chance to look for what the Space Force song is, uh, but I want to see what this show does first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. How come we haven't seen a song yet? Hopefully we'll be able to see a song by the end of, you know, the season. Oh, it just occurred to me. I was talking about Fred Willard's Space Force last episode. Yeah. They had a theme song uh, and I, I forget how it goes. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> But I remember ending it with, we're Space Force, we're all you got. We're all you got. Maybe they'll adapt that. I mean, that would be a nice, like, Fred tribute, I think, if they adapted that song to this one. That would be cool. That would be the cool. The United States military should honor Fred Willard by using 
<laughs> his canceled 1978 Pilots TV anthem it's as done. their official song. That's it. I'm writing a letter. It's going out tomorrow. It's done. Oh, I might be able to answer all these questions on our next special segment. <laughs> okay. I am so excited. I'm excited okay. for what you found. Right. I can't wait. We will be back in an hour, literally, to discuss the next two episodes. One, two, three, four, five, and six. I had to count mm-hmm. there. Um, okay, but before we go, Kevin, where can we find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Kevin Allen Says, Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. And my name is Tatiana Marisa. You can find me at Tatiana Marisa on all social media platforms. An hour from now, we will have so much more in store for you. Until then, watch the next two episodes. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.